are stuck at 585 or your tax returns have too many write-offs well cash call mortgage has great news for you we've just introduced programs for people who've been told no and what's doubly exciting is that we can solve your mortgage problems with no closing costs no points title escrow and no fees wait cash call are you saying you now have credit and income solving mortgages with no closing costs are you kidding you heard right. A credit or income-solving loan with no closing costs. Call 855-875-CASH and we'll work with you to solve your mortgage issues. Make the cash call at 855-875-CASH. First Mortgages Impact Mortgage Corp. BBA Cash Call Mortgage. One City Boulevard, Orange, California, 92868. NMLS 128-231. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in all states. Not available in Washington State. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing, terms, and restrictions. That's 855-875-CASH. If you're a sleep apnea sufferer who's on the go, Go to your phone and call right now to try the world's very first completely original portable mini CPAP device absolutely risk-free for 10 restful nights. It's the Transcend Mini CPAP, an engineering marvel that's as small as a soda can and weighs less than a pound. Its unique design is so small and so light, you can fit it in your briefcase or purse to use anywhere you go. No more dragging around a big, bulky CPAP. Even better, now you can try Transcend absolutely risk-free for 10 restful nights by calling minicpap.com, 1-800-500-5711. Transcend is FAA compliant, too, so you can even sleep comfortably while flying. You can also add a battery pack that's as tiny as a deck of cards. So now you can enjoy the freedom to sleep comfortably anywhere. But don't wait. To receive your 10-night in-home trial, call minicpap.com now, 1-800-500-5711. That's 1-800-500-5711. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. If you're young and healthy, you don't need life insurance, right? Yeah, that's what I used to think, too, until my brother died at 38. Joe left his wife with two kids, a mortgage, and a stack of bills she couldn't pay. Mary had to sell the house and move everybody into this tiny two-bedroom apartment just to make ends meet. I never want to do that to my wife, so I got life insurance. I called AIG Direct and was really surprised how affordable it is. Just $14 a month for $250,000 of term life coverage. Listen, if you have a family, you should seriously think about getting life insurance. You'll feel a lot better having it. Trust me. Call AIG Direct for a free no-obligation quote. The call takes less than five minutes, and you could save up to 70%. Call now, 1-800-700-6492. That's 1-800-700-6492. 1-800-700-6492. God loves L.A. KKLA-FM, Los Angeles. Living by the Word is sponsored by the Friends of Living by the Word Ministries on 99.5 KKLA. Living by the Word does not necessarily reflect the views of KKLA staff, management, or sponsors. Now, let's get into the show. We are Living by the Word Ministries, a nonprofit organization dedicated to one cause. That cause is the truth given in the Holy Bible, which we believe is the inerrant and infallible Word of God, conferred to man to live by. We let the Word of God be the final authority as to what is or is not true. We strongly feel that if we do not expose false doctrine, we only encourage it. This ministry is designed to challenge you from an apologetic point of view. 1 Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. 
This is Michael Tinsley. Please stay tuned while we arm you, the believer, to keep living by the word. It's the noble thing to do. Good evening and Thank you for joining the Bible Information Brokers. My name is Brian Allen, and for the next two hours, you can give us a call with your Bible questions. I'm going to give you the toll-free number right now, one 888 talks one 888 I'm going to give you that number once again. And I, as I said, it is a toll-free number, one 888 talks one 888 2557. Now, if you heard something in church today, if you heard something uh, during a Bible study, um, if you saw something on television uh, and you have a question about it, give us a call. 1 888 LA Talks, 1 888 Now is the time to call. Let's get these phone lines lit up so we can get you set up so we can get your questions answered. And uh, we don't want to have you hanging on all evening and not get uh, be able to get to you because you called in late. Now is the time to call while the uh, phone lines are wide open. I'm going to give you that number again, one 888 talks one 888 And uh, like I said, if you heard something in church today, if you heard something uh, during a Bible study, something on television, if you heard something on the radio you weren't too sure about, uh, say you were talking to Jehovah Witnesses, say you were talking to Mormons, say you were talking to uh, someone in the Islamic faith, say you were talking to someone in a non-Christian religion, a uh, Buddhist, uh, someone in Hinduism, um, anything, and there's a question, now's the time to call. That's what we're here for. one 888 talks one 888 Last thing, if you're reading your Bible, how about that? If you were reading your Bible and there's something you did not quite understand, give us a call. That's why we're here. one 888 talks one 888 Now, you can also email us, okay? If you have a question you want to email us, uh, simply go to questions at BibleInfoBrokers.com. Questions at BibleInfoBrokers.com. Dot com. Uh, you can also go to the website, um, BibleInfoBrokers.com, uh, and there's a place on there about asking a question. You can ask uh, there, too. You just type it in, and it will get to us. So, again, I'm going to give you the toll-free number, one 888 talks one 888 Right now, I do want to introduce my good friend, Professor Craig Hawkins. Craig, how are you doing, my friend? Brian, good evening. Good evening. So, all right, Craig, you ready for two hours of uh, some Bible questions tonight? Well, sure, especially since I'll be gone for a couple of weeks after that. That's right. So uh, you're not going to be here next Sunday or the following Sunday, so why don't you let the listening audience know where you will be going and what you will be doing? Well, thanks, Brian. Actually, yes, next week about this time I will be in London uh, on a stopover a layover going to India and then uh, and then Manipur, uh, Manipur. So um, at any rate, I'm very excited about that uh, to be doing that. And they're going to be training pastors, Christian leaders in India, but also uh, a good number out of Manipur. And so a lot of stuff going on there. That country's been very hard to get into and to work uh, because of the official stance of Buddhism in the country, but also because of that it's been run by a, a military, basically. Uh, the junta dictatorship now they've got a prime minister but she she was for years under house arrest and and it's debatable how much actually freedom she even really even has today 
So at any rate, so, but uh, the, 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 the great news is I get to go over there and um, I'm going to be training Christian leaders. And uh, it's really excited about that, Brian. It's an incredible opportunity. Just trying to get everything done. Uh, working like a Met one arm paper hanger, trying to get everything done uh, for being gone basically two weeks after this. So, yeah, I'll be leaving again next Sunday. And by this time next week, I should be in London. Then uh, uh, be on my way over to, again to India and Myanmar. So really excited about that and what the Lord's going to do. And I'm just really coveting people's prayers. And uh, they're really, they're going with me. Those that are praying and whatnot, uh, they're really helping to make this possible and see God's blessing and favor upon the training. Praise God for that. And ladies and gentlemen, I want you guys to um, definitely keep uh, <clears throat> keep the, uh, the professor in your prayers. Um, again, uh, you know, the devil does not like what he's doing, and so uh, uh, you definitely want to, uh, again, uh, say your prayers and keep him in your prayers while, he, while he's gone, give him those traveling mercies and protection that has had hedge of protection. So um, the other thing, too, is, you know, Craig, we, you know, the listing on has come through. They, they, there are donations that came through. And so uh, what I like to say is that I know you're leaving Sunday, so let's just say tonight, if if uh, uh, or let's say by Monday, if you give, if you can do it online rather than through the mail, because we we wouldn't be able to get it to Craig in time. But if you guys want to continue to support uh, Craig in his trip, uh, because uh, you know they got tons of material that they that they give out and they hand out and they use to teach. Um, if you can go to BibleInfoBrokers.com and give online and just put a note on there for Craig's trip, uh, I'll give it to I'll give it till Monday till tomorrow night, and then uh, that then we'll have some time to get the uh, get what was donated over to the professor for his trip. So uh, if you go ahead, Craig. Right, and and exactly. And by the way, what are you paying for? What are you uh, what are the funds going for? Um, among other things, it's to pay for these guys' the lo- food and lodging, to, uh, to rent a place, to uh, have our translator. To, uh, to, it's a brother and uh, the Lord doing this, but we believe the workman's worthy his labor, and we want to pay him for doing that, taking two days on the one training, doing the three, four days of the other training, um, three, actually three, three and four days-ish, respectively, training. Uh, and uh, so in one place we're going to you know, be paying a brother, uh, to help do the translating. So again, food, lodging—that's what you're paying for. And and again, lodging is very cheap there, but it does cost some money. And we want to feed these guys, so we we try to you know pay their their transportation expenses, food, lodging. Uh, obviously, we don't charge them. We go there to give to them. We feel God so blessed us, especially in America, in so many ways, and we want to share out of that abundance. So that's what they're giving for. It's not like I'm going to Club Med or something like this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that'd, that'd be nice. You know, huh? <laughs> then that's what they're paying. What they're, the funds are going for are going to be for the training of these individuals, uh, specifically food, lodging, transportation, and so on. That's right. So again, I'm going to give you guys to tomorrow, and I want to thank those that had given that have oh, given. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, but you know what? Uh, if you if you if you are led to give, uh, just do it by the internet. Uh, go to our website. Um, BibleInfoBrokers.com, click on support and donate, and just give right online, and um, you can um, do it um, uh, right through PayPal. And just put a note on there. This is for the professor's trip. So with that yeah. being, 
you know, I'm very thankful, Brian. Thank you for mentioning that. For those who've done that, we're really appreciative. Amen. All right. We're going to get to the phone lines, and we're going to start off in the Costa Mesa area. And um, this this lady, Craig, she always has a good question every week. So you probably know who it is. It's Joy. Joy. Yep. <laughs> Joy, welcome to the Hi. show. How are you doing? I'm blessed, blessed, blessed. But um, we're going to miss you, Professor, very much. Who's going to take your place? Oh, um, well, Brian and uh, some good folks, so. Yeah, we're, well, there's a couple a couple people we've had on in the past, and there's a, another individual I might be having on as well. So I'm working okay. some things out right now. So you you you'll you'll enjoy it. Well, I'm going to pray for you, and God bless your trip, really, and I know He will. So my question tonight is: um, I was with two Catholic friends tonight, one or this afternoon, and one is a, a new one I just missed today, met today, and he calls himself a born again Catholic. So we were on the Bible, we were, it was really nice, uh, really very sweet time over the Lord, talking about the Lord and the Bible and verses. But then when I went to give him, um, I love to give away Bibles, and I saw that his was very used and paperback and everything, and I went to give him another Bible that I have, many of, and um, he wouldn't accept it, and he was saying that, uh, well, no, because the Bible has been changed. So I got my pen and paper ready, and I was trying to explain to him that not really, it really hasn't been. You know, we have many versions and that, but the Bible, anyway, I did the best I could. So could you tell me how, and other than just not the extra books in the in the Catholic Bible, I didn't dwell on that, um, but just that our Bible has not, the same Bible we have today is pretty much the same from the beginning. Well, you know, Joe, I, I'm going to let the professor, uh, you know, get into the meat of it. But I, I would have asked the question, well, where did it change? Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like when That's people true. say things like, well, yeah. this happened or that happened or uh, uh, the Bible has been mi uh, misinterpreted and whatever. Just say, well, well where, 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 where did that occur? Show me where. And most times, sometimes they might say something because they heard something that's not accurate. But a lot of times... You know, again, they're just regurgitating stuff, and they don't—they don't have a response to it. So, go ahead, Craig. That's perfect. Thank you. That's right. I should do that. Uh huh. Go ahead. Well, thanks, Brian. That's th those are the type of diagnostic questions you always want to ask. So it's just so great because people just put stuff out there like everybody knows this. Indeed, sometimes it's called the obvious fallacy. We all know this, or people will say, "Well, we all know the Bible's been tampered with," or filled with uh, errors and contradictions, and I'm like, well, I'm a body, and I don't know this, and I've actually spent a lot of time studying this. So I always like to ask people, just like what Brian said, well, really, how so? What are you referring to? What do you have in mind? And then if they you know, say this, then how, how do you know this? Who told you this? And so, really, if he's, he's a traditional Roman Catholic, they often use the Douay version, um, but at any rate, it'll be the same basic translation. Um, I'll just make two points here. So it's the same basic translation, except, as you just said, the Deuterocanonical, the intertestamental books are not in there, uh, because those are added back, added in the Bible after what's called the Counter-Reformation, particularly the Council of Trent, 1545-1563, that 18 years on and off that they met. Uh, those were not I'm sorry, in what were those years, but Professor, what were the years? 1545 to 1563. Uh, 1563. 15, yeah, it took them 18 years to meet because they would have to you know, travel long distance and they could stay only so long. And then they had, you know, 18 years on and off meeting. But um, 
So it's like, okay, there's a problem here. If it's not in there during the, the time period between, what gives you the right to think you can add it back in? And those books were rejected by our Jewish friends, for example, the Council of Jamnia in 90 AD, for instance. They they weren't accepted as canonical even by our Jewish friends in the in the Tanakh, or what we would they call the Tanakh, we call the Old Testament. So the burden of proof really is on them uh, to say, okay, what's your justification for including these works, number and, one? And most of professor, excuse me, it wasn't, I didn't go off on the books, the extra books, and mentioned something, but it was more, it, it seemed to me that he was just saying the whole Bible, that well, the Bible has been and changed. and that's where you not, want to talk to him, right, and yeah. that's my second point, that's where just knowing the basic uh, aspects of the reliability of the Bible are just invaluable. And, and the only caveat I'd give is many times Roman Catholics often want to use translations that are more influenced by the Latin. Uh, I think of Jerome and the various editions of what's called the Vulgate, the, the Latin edition of the Bible. Um, okay. But the problem is the Bible wasn't written in Latin, so it's translated from Greek or Hebrew into Latin. And that's mm-hmm. not how you do translation work. If you have original languages, you start with them. You don't go to a translation and then try mm-hmm. to go from there. And so, for example... Let's get, let me give you an example where we can get in trouble here. Uh, the word justificare is Latin for justification, but it literally means to make righteous, to make justified. Uh, what was the righteous. word again? What was the word Just, you said? Sorry. Justificare. Oh, justificare. But that's not the word in the Greek. The Greek word is dikaiao, and that word means to be declared righteous. And so this was a big debate at the, at the Counter-Reformation, the Council of Trent, the time of Luther, um, is one declared righteous, or is one forensically illegal fiction? We call it, or is it literally one has to become righteous in, in a sense of sanctification through a life process? And so that's part of the debate. Part of it comes up from the language. But look, you can't start with Latin. That's not what the Bible was written in. It's written in Greek. And so if I have justificare or dikaiao, I have to go dikaiao, and it doesn't mean what justificare means. And I would argue that's a big part in this whole debate. Debate. So. So, again, that may well be what he had in mind, maybe not that, those words, but mm-hmm. the idea that the Bible's been tampered with or changed somehow, Protestants have monkeyed with it. Now, we hear that from Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, and right. you know, New Agers, and I'm just like, really? Well, mm-hmm. why don't you tell me, when, was, when did this happen, and what text are you referring to, and what's your evidence for this? And so, yeah, so, you know, it's, and you're so good about this. Uh, but it's not a question of, you know, being defensive and like, oh, well, you know, you've got to prove it. But it's just, you know, really nonchalant. Hey, no, really, I mean, you're making this claim, and I, I'm very interested. I, I'd like to see the evidence for that. Would you supply me with that? You, you know, you, you know, you know, Joy, I, I th- I'm, I'm thinking back of the questions that you asked throughout, you know, you know, during the week uh, when you call in. And there's, a, a, I think, a great series of books that you would like. Craig, I think she would really like the the charts books, and um, the the book on uh, the book on charts. So you have, there's like, gosh, how many are there, Craig? Like five or six of them. Yeah, they're generally a lot of them are written by H. Wayne House, but there is one on the New Testament, uh, dealing with the New Testament uh, charts, charts and it's it, it, charts. Yeah. charts. Uh huh. Published by mm-hmm. Zondervan, the series. Okay. And I think you'll really find that helpful, yeah. very enjoyable. Okay. That's up to and the 1545-1563, that's when the Council that, of Trent, you said? That's, that's the when Council they of Trent meets, and that's when they try to add the, the, the deuterocanonical books into the Bible. 
Oh, not until then. These extra 13 yeah. books? Is it 13? Okay. Yep. Do you see the problem? So the book you want, Brian's referring to, is called Charts of the New Testament by H. Wayne House. Charts mm-hmm. of the New Testament. It's a really helpful book. Um, uh, really, really good. Uh, also, there's a guy, um, J.P. Holding, H-O-L-D-I-N-G. He has a book on the New Testament as well, and I recommend that. Those are really just really helpful books. Um, but but just I, for anybody to say, yeah. how do I prove the Bible has never been changed? I mean, well, what's my... Right. Well, let me just say this, and you'll have to wait a couple weeks, but uh, I go through, I teach at a law school as well, and uh, we teach, you deal with things like you're trying to find out if a will is authentic or what have you. And there are basic tests that are what we call forensic and uh, textual critical tests that are used to discern whether a manuscript is the big three, if it's ancient, if it claims to be, if it's authentic and not a counterfeit or a, some type of knockoff, um, and if it's reliable, if that's an appropriate question to ask, because it contains information that's supposed to be factual and not just a novel or something, then that, that reliability question comes in. And there are standard legal tests, uh, there are forensic tests and what are called textual critical tests, like the internal, external, and bibliographical tests. And the books that we've mentioned will deal with these. And uh, so I just highly, highly recommend them. And uh, the other book I recommend to people, because it deals, it's just phenomenal on dealing with the reliability of the Bible and also on the historicity of Jesus. You get both of these, two for one. The book Reinventing Jesus. Reinventing Jesus is a phenomenal book. And there's three authors, rather than give you all their names, again, just just go by Daniel Wallace. Daniel Wallace, uh, Reinventing Jesus, a phenomenal book, very readable. These guys are all academics, uh, but the book itself is very, very readable, very uh, accessible, we say. And you said standard text, what was in between that standard something text, standard? Well, well no, there's internal, external, and the bibliographical test. And that and you find oh. and that'll be in the book. And okay. the standard tests are the forensics means legal, for re- right? You know, there are there are institutions that, that this is all they do for a living. They try to authenticate, let's say, a will. Maybe millions of dollars are on the line, and you have two wills, and and they they contradict each other, and you're trying to discern which if either one of them is authentic. And so you don't just guess. You don't just say, well, I like this one, or I feel you. There. Are, there's there's all types of ways and tests you can use from the grammar to the the word order to the the vocabulary the, the punctuation or lack thereof. There's there's a number of ways you test these things out. And when you so the do simplest this, of all of them, the simplest of all of them, which one of all these? The well, Daniel you have to use Wallace them all together. The... They're all I would argue simple, but they take time. But they they have to be used. It's called cumulative case. They have to be used together um, oh. because. If one of them is missing, there's a problem. So mm-hmm. if the text is contradictory, well, that's if it claims to be reliable, that's a problem. Uh, but you're looking also for ex- it's kind. Of, let me just use an analogy quickly. It's like an alibi. You're accused, or someone's accused of a crime, and they say, "Well, I couldn't have done it because I was in another part of town, or the United States, or the world." And, and they say, "Okay, you haven't. You claim to have." Uh, dinner at this restaurant at the time of, let's say there was a building burned down, it was arsony, and you're, you're, they suspect you did it, or you're a suspect. So they're, gonna, they're not just going to take your word for it or just, or just not believe you. They're going to go to that restaurant. They're going to see um, 
Did you have a receipt? Did you pay by credit card? What did you have? Where did you sit? Who was the waiter, waitress? Um, what mm-hmm. time were you there? Did you make any phone calls? Because if you did on your cell phone, see, that will be registered on your phone in the cell tower. So there's, mm-hmm. these are, these are, those are external tests. You can verify an alibi. You don't just have to go blindly by what somebody says. And so it is with the Bible. There are external signposts and marks that one can check when historical events and people and customs and practices and uh, titles and institutions are mentioned, we have a fair amount of knowledge of those times, and we can check and see if that really rings true. And so those, those are examples. It right. takes a lot more time, but that's how you do this stuff. And it'll be in the book, Joy. And we're going to have right. to move on, Joy, but the, okay. again, great Thank question. You. And get Thank those you. books, and I, I think you'll, you'll enjoy them. Daniel Wallace. Um, okay. All righty. Bye-bye. All righty. Um, let me see. I think it was Carlos in, in Bill Gardens. Give us a call back. I, I think you had a good question, so I, I don't know why you had to hang up, but if you can, give us a call back. We have a couple open lines, but we're going to go to uh, L.A. We're going to talk to Alex. Alex, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Very good. Very good. Great. Your question for this evening, Alex. Uh, my question is, how did the serpent get into the Garden of Eden? Everything is okay. Suddenly, he's he's right there. How did he get in there? Greg, how did how did the serpent get into the garden? Yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, there's wildlife in there. Remember, Adam named all the animals, so there's some type of uh, animal, for lack of a better term. I'll just refer to it as an animal. And the evil one is somehow was able to possess it and use it for his purposes. So it's no big deal because there are already animals in there. Uh, the, the animals have access, in, apparently, in and out, or at least inside of the garden. So that it, would uh, it says everything is okay, everything is good, and then suddenly the well, the, yeah, but the animal was fun. There's nothing wrong with the animal. It's when it's it's the it's the evil one who uses it for nefarious purposes, for evil purposes. So, the, yeah, everything is good. There is no sin. Everything is good, very good. Uh, but the evil one is around, already present and uh, then tries to use this animal, uh, the serpent, whatever you want to call it, to, to try to, to get at Adam and Eve. So, I mean, that, so they, the, those two aren't contradictory statements. They, they can both be true indeed. We would argue they are. Oh, All right, Alex. Can, uh, uh, can I just ask another one regarding the serpent? Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Because uh, how does the serpent, you know, the, before he's not uh, crawling at the ground, so how is he standing, or what? We we have no idea. That's a great question. We just we don't know, and that would just be sheer, mere speculation on my part. Um, but you know, we, it's interesting. Even with dinosaurs, we see animals that have the ability to stand up and also can crawl. Actually, so you know, there's lizards today that actually can stand up and use their tail kind of as a balance to balance them. So. Well, there is actually animals, or if you want to call them reptiles, what have you, today that can do that. Right. So that's no, that's no problem. Thank uh, but other than that, I don't know, Alex. Good question. Good question. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank okay. you. Our Thank pleasure. you very much. God bless. God bless you. Craig, doesn't the, guy from, the little guy from Geico walk on two legs? Hey, there you go. <laughs> and he talks. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna when you know I, I thought about the uh, how 
how the serpent got into the garden. I thought you could say through Uber, but that wasn't. That was, well, he might have taken Lyft. <laughs> or Lyft, too. <laughs> uh, good questions, though. Alex had good questions. Ladies and gentlemen, you listen to the Bible Information Brokers. My name is Brian Allen with Professor Craig Hawkins. And uh, I got a, a big uh, an announcement to. Uh, or a request um, in in just a few minutes, so don't go anywhere. Uh, our listening audience needs to hear this. Uh, but right now, and thanks for calling back, Carlos. We're gonna get to you in just a second. Uh, we're gonna go to. Oh, I don't know if I should put Aaron on. I don't know after that USC remark a couple weeks ago, but I'll put him on. Aaron, what's going on? Hello, uh, Brian and Professor Hawkins, uh, longtime listener. Long-time supporter. Thank you for all you guys do. We love you guys. No um, problem. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And I think the Aaron you're referring to. It was the other Aaron. Yeah. I just saw Chin on this. So. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping you know, an eye out on that name, though. So. You know, I am a UCLA grad, though. It's funny. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's, I, I'm, it's okay. I'm sorry to hear that, but that's okay. No. <laughs> you overlooked that, huh? <laughs> no, it's okay. Well, right. Your question, uh, Aaron. Yeah. It, um. If you can maybe uh, refer me to some resources, Professor, uh, on just a question about uh, those uh, persons outside the Jewish nation uh, in the ages prior to the crisis advent. Um, uh, in other words, um, is there a, a, a biblical case, a Christian case for God calling people outside of uh, the Jewish nation and drawing people to himself, um, for instance, like uh, Melchizedek, who's mm-hmm. he wasn't a Jew, and he's a mysterious figure who is a worshiper of the true God. Uh, you have these various figures throughout the Scripture, like uh, Cornelius, who's a worshiper of the true God. He's not a Jew. Um, is there any resources that, or any scholars that have um, touched on this topic at length? Uh, I, I just feel uh, I want to um, equip myself uh, with an answer for people who have that kind of query about what happened to all the, the, uh, the people prior to the Jews and prior to Christ coming, the onset of Christianity as we know it, mm-hmm. in what ways does God communicate to people prior to Christ and draw them to himself? Right, right. And and that's a great question. And by the way, thanks for your kind comments, Aaron. Um, yeah, it's a great question, and, and I'm... Uh, gonna, I, trying to think of a couple works that specifically deal with this or would have the material. I'm sure I I know somebody's in the whole dissertation on this. I'm sure uh, the problem that I don't have access to that with the type of information right now. But um, let me just say a couple things. J and D Anderson deals with this in some sense. A guy named J and D, just initials. J is in John, N is in Norman, D is in David Anderson. Christianity and comparative religions. Christianity, and comparative religions. He he talks about this. It's not so much dealing with Hinduism, Buddhism, and all that, but he's dealing with the differences in the issue of salvation. So that's that's number one. I would recommend. That's an older work, okay. and he does deal with this. Chapter five all in right. particular. I'm just going from memory there. Um, another book that w- will help you. And let me just say this: what you're really asking about is something called general revelation. It would really be right. in one sense. How was anybody saved before? Uh, even in the Jewish community, I mean, they only know so much uh, before the, the actual advent of Christ. Of course, one's not right. uh, saved by the extent of their knowledge, but that they're trusting on the true and living God, 
even if they know very little, but what they know is nonetheless true. But the book I'm thinking of that might really help you that would be the one I would check would be a book on general revelation. It's, a, it's part of the definitive work, or certainly has been for years, on general revelation. It's, three or 400, it's 400 pages-ish. It's by Gordon Lewis and, and Bruce uh, Demarest. Demarest and Lewis. Gordon Lewis. Gordon Lewis wrote right, the book. General Revelation, and the whole book's all about this type of stuff. Because that's what we're dealing with here is general revelation, which is uh, necessary but not sufficient for salvation, we would say, but it is the stepping stone that God can and does use. You know, and it's interesting, um, and if you don't mind me just um, making a point here, now, I know, of course, you're talking about the Old Testament time before the time of Christ. But I, you know, I've heard these stories of people allegedly having dreams or visions or otherwise. Right. Now, that right. technically would be special revelation. I get that. But uh, I've actually met people like that now in Nepal and in India. I've actually come across people who are not trying to sell a book or get a, you know, a, uh, or in a radio program or TV program. I have every reason to believe that they're totally genuine and tell me the truth. And they talk about Jesus appearing to them in a dream or otherwise something yeah. is happening and God calling them. And then they, when someone finally did come along with the gospel, they embraced it because they had already had encountered it. I, I think yeah. of one dear lady who was uh, deathly ill in Nepal. Uh, she's uh, very poor. Her husband died. And, uh, and it was a long story, but she, she carries a cart around and does, has a very difficult life. But at any rate, her father was a well-known guru in Nepal, was a, f- a famous, actually, hi- Hindu uh, teacher, an alleged healer. And anyway, she had a terminal disease, and could, he could not heal her uh, in this case. And um, uh, she was in the hospital, literally dying, and, and somebody, a nurse or some, a practitioner, somebody in there had said, well, you know, there's a lot of gods, and I've heard there's this god named Jesus, and you might want to pray for him. I've heard he can heal people. And so she wow. you know, had nothing to lose, literally, she prayed to Jesus, and he, he revealed himself to her, and he did heal her, and, of course, she subsequently became a believer. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, I hear the same actually, thing about yeah. Muslims, some Muslims uh, having those visions of Jesus. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Beckoning them in dreams and such. Yeah, the church is failing to get out and get the gospel out like we need to, and uh, God's like, he's not hindered. He's not going to make it salvation right. dependent upon us, thankfully. So, uh, yes, absolutely. But, yeah, so I would look at J.N.D. Anderson's Christianity Comparative Religions, and specifically, I, I think Demarest and, and Gordon Lewis's book on general revelation would probably be right what you're looking for. Excellent. Thank you so much. All right, Aaron. Thank you so much. Thanks, Aaron. Let us know how that goes for you, okay? Okay. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Bible Information Brokers. My name is Brian Allen with Professor Craig Hawkins. Great questions, you guys. Very good questions. We do have some open lines. One triple eight LA Talks. One triple eight five two eight two five five seven. One triple eight LA Talks. One triple eight five two eight two five five seven. And Brian, I won't. I won't go back into it again. But I do want to say some of the people we're training in India and Myanmar. Of course, we've trained people from Nepal, Bangladesh, Bhutan, and whatnot. They are going, in many of them, to the people who haven't been reached. We talk about unreached people groups. Well, that's the people we're training, um, and because, so people can hear the gospel uh, directly. Mm-hmm. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, a couple things. First of all, um, uh, if you want to help support this radio broadcast, we do need your support financially. 
things have slowed down and uh, you know but we need to continue to pay our radio bill and so I'm asking uh, that you really pray about supporting this radio ministry and you can do it a couple ways. You can go to our website. You go to BibleInfoBrokers.com, BibleInfoBrokers.com, and uh, click on the link, support and donate, and you can give right on the spot. And what that does, it gets to us right away, and um, we can just get it into the bank immediately. And again, just go to BibleInfoBrokers.com, click on the link, support and donate, and from there, you can you can give. Now, uh, there are those that want to mail in their checks or money orders, and that's fine, too. And uh, you can just uh, make your check out to LBTW-BIB, uh, and you can mail it to P.O. Box 90477, Los Angeles, California, 90009. Again, P.O. Box 90477, Los Angeles, California, nine zero 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 nine and as always definitely want to thank those that give i want to thank those in advance that will be giving and uh, donating to the radio broadcast now the, set, the second thing i want to bring up is that <clears throat> um we are in need of uh call screeners uh to be a part of the radio team and uh if you uh, you know obviously the radio show is from 10 to midnight on sunday nights and, uh, you know, if it'd be great if we had two, three or four uh, call screeners uh, so, you know, one person wouldn't have to come down every week. But primarily what you would be doing is answering the phones and getting the call set up so we can um, uh, so we can uh, get the, the questions answered uh, on the air. And so uh, you'd be pretty much the first line of, of the person that calls in. So, you know, definitely pray about it, okay? We desperately do need call screeners, and uh, we're reaching out to uh, our listening audience. And if, uh, uh, if, if you feel that you're called to help out with, the radio, with our radio ministry, then please uh, go to our website. Go to BibleInfoBrokers.com, BibleInfoBrokers.com, and uh, click the... Uh, um, contact information or questions in that area and you could just fill it in the box and leave your name your phone number and an email address and uh, someone will get back with you we could talk to you and uh, get to know you a little bit and just uh, you know go in a little bit deeper detail of, of what it's all about and what you'll be doing uh, so again uh, we are looking for uh, screen callers uh, to help with the Bible Information Broker radio broadcast. Again, go to the uh, site, BibleInfoBrokers.com, and click on the link that says uh, questions or contact us, I believe it is, and you can just put your information in there. Just put a um, uh, screen caller, put your name, your information, your phone number, email address, and uh, we'll get to you, okay? So with that being said, I do want to give out the... Uh, phone number again, one triple eight LA Talks, one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. We have some open lines. You guys have done a great, great job. Always good questions. Dumbest questions are the ones that are never asked. So again, if you have a question, uh, we do have some open lines. We did have a full board for a while, but some lines have opened up. So now is the time to take advantage of it. Give us a call, one triple eight LA Talks, one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. All right. 
we're going to go to Carlos in the Bell Gardens area. Carlos, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing good, and you? Doing well. Thanks for calling back. Your question for this evening, Carlos. Um, my question was about Revelation 12. I didn't understand it. Like, what is Revelation 12 trying to tell us? Are you there right now? Are you are you at Revelations 12? No. Okay. Okay. Craig, are you there? Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Craig, are you there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Revelation 12, dealing with the woman, the war in heaven, and the war on earth. Can you kind of give a brief synopsis on that? Actually, excuse me, I'm trying to let you know, am I here, here, but I'm not there yet. In you, the you're not here, there, but you're there, here? Yes. Gotcha. <laughs> well, I guess it's a big chapter, so I mean, I guess I'm asking. Yeah, anything specific in there, Carlos? Hey, Carlos? Well, let me just yes. do this. Yeah, I mean, it's really... There's, let me just start and then give it a shot and then see if it helps him. So there's differing views. There's, there's four major methods of interpreting the book of Revelation. I hold to what's called a futurist perspective. That is, I still believe the bulk of it is still yet to be fulfilled. Um, so that's just where I'm coming from. And I would argue that this is actually a metaphorical language, but it's talking about actually about Israel. Um, the, the woman here with the, with the 12 stars on her head, um, that's Israel The twelve and the 12 the 12 tribes, okay? And then the dragon would be the evil one, and he attempts to kill the child that's born, and that would have been Christ. He indeed, through Herod, did try to kill the children, uh, try to kill Christ. And so, but, but uh, the male uh, child, Christ, is born. Verse 5, she gave birth to a son. Who, notice who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. Think there of Isaiah 7:14 and 9:6. So I would argue this is uh, a reference to Christ. And then this woman prepares a place for her, um, and this is basically uh, about three and a half years uh, she goes to this place, and, uh, and this is during what's called the Great Tribulation. The Tribulation period, which I do believe in, is a seven-year period. And then about the middle of it, all hell literally breaks loose. The Antichrist declares to be divine, to be God, wants to be worshipped, and persecutes anyone who will not uh, do that. One day will kill them. And so I would argue that's what's going on here, and many of us have think that this even indeed might be God taking them to a place called Petra, which is miraculously preserved to this day. Uh, so she'll be taken care of and protected from the wrath of the Antichrist. And then there is this war in heaven, which is really this uh, towards the end of time struggle between these archangels, these, these competing angels, Michael and probably Gabriel, and the dragon. The dragon is... is uh, an, uh, a name for the devil, the title for the devil, and they fight. In other words, the devil right now, we know, has access. He goes in and out of heaven. Think of the book of Job or Luke 10 or otherwise. He has access, and he goes in and out of the presence of God. And what does he do? Well, he's mainly there to accuse you and me. He accuses us. He's the accuser of the brethren, uh, Diabolos and Satanas, right? Those are, I mean, the, the adversary and the slanderer, the accuser. And so, at any rate, there's this war, and God says, enough, you're out of here, and he's not about to leave, but God doesn't have to deal with him. He's not God's equal. Michael, who's one of the most powerful angels, an archangel, uh, throws him out. And then he comes down, 
And it says, it tells us, now then has come the salvation and power and kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ for the accuser of our brothers, and again, that's another name for the devil, who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. Uh, it talks about the saints overcoming him, but it says, woe to the inhabitants of the earth because he's full of fury, right? He knows that his time is short and he's literally going to make uh, the, the earth a living hell. So that would be my understanding of the book, uh, chapter 12 of Revelation. I, I hope that's helpful to you. Carlos, that help you out? Yes. Um, do you think we're already going, like, in the end of the days, like, the last days with the tornadoes, earthquakes, and everything that's going on well, right now? Yeah, I'm not sure that that's the thing. The, uh, I mean, I do believe for other reasons. I look at our culture, the, the immorality, the use of drugs, sexual immorality, uh, paganism, the rampant um, uh, false forms of worship, um, and the ecumenicism, the syncretism, which is the mixing and matchings of, of religions, people trying to mix Christianity with you know, Santeria or some form of the occult or what have you. And so for those reasons, not, I, I personally, not so much because of earthquakes and all that, I think I'm not sure those are happening any more than they have historically. I'm not an expert in that, so I'd be the wrong guy to ask. But uh, my understanding is it's not occurring any more than they have. Uh, but but the other factors, and we're, we're moving towards a cashless society, uh, a one-world government, we, people think in global terms and of a uh, concept. So, uh, I, I'm, yeah, I do think we're definitely moving that way, Carlos. That would be my understanding. And I find it intriguing. Think of Israel. Israel's the size of, what, Delaware or something? Israel's a little nation. I mean, it's, it's, we got states. Most of our states are larger than Israel, right? Um, but, 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 it's, it, but it's a centerpiece in the world. The controversy about Israel and the Arab nations, the Muslims around them who want them literally wiped off the earth into the sea to not exist, I just find it fascinating that this little piece of real estate that is, as far as size-wise and even geographically in one sense, is really insignificant, is, is, is one of the centerpieces, if not the centerpiece of, of world conflict and is a hotbed for this world conflict because of the rivalry between uh, our Jewish friends and Muslims. And uh, so I, I don't find that coincidental. And then you think of all the money they have because of, of the oil and whatnot, They've got the power and ability, and think of much of the former Soviet Union. Uh, you know, many of those uh, those states are are dominated by uh, Islamic belief, and very hostile to Israel. So I just I find it all intriguing, and I personally believe it is leading towards what what is prophesied in the Book of Revelation. That's my my particular perspective. What do you think about the spiritual wars? Well, I think that's a reality. I, I think some people kind of go crazy on that stuff and uh, see a demon under every rock and tree. But then other Christians live like materialists, like there really is no spirit realm. I think C.S. Lewis pegged this stuff in a book called uh, The Screwtape Letters. I don't know if you've ever read that or heard of it, The Screwtape Letters, but uh, spiritual warfare is a reality. And, you know, Paul is so clear in, in Ephesians 6, right? Our battle is not ultimately, ultimately against flesh and blood against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, right? So therefore, what? Put on the full armor of God. Because not if, but when, the day of evil is coming, and we need to be ready, we need to be suited up with the, what's called the planopy, the full armor, like a Roman soldier would wear, uh, to be protected, and then we wield the, the one offensive weapon, which is uh, the sword, which is the word of God. And so we don't, we're not fighting a carnal battle. This is not an earthly battle like martial arts or like taking out a pair of nunchucks trying to smack somebody. This is a spiritual battle, 
and when you need to use spiritual weapons, and that all assumes that you want to strong on the Lord. And I believe the way that Christians are strong on the Lord is, as the Bible tells us, what? 1 John 2, 12-14, among other key passages, tells us we become strong by feasting upon, by studying, knowing, living, appropriating the Word of God. 1 John 2, 12-14 would be one of the key passages uh, on that note. Okay, Carlos, was a great question. Thanks so much, Carlos, for your call. I have one question. We, got, we have to move on, Carlos. Uh, give us a call back next week. Could it be really quick? No, no. I, I gave you like two or three questions, and we have other people waiting to get on. So, uh, thank th you. All right, man. Thank you. God bless you. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, you listen to the Bible Information Brokers, the toll-free number, one 888 talks You guys have been uh, coming in with some really, really good questions. one 888 talks one 888 Like I said, if you heard something in church, in a Bible study, uh, talking to maybe an atheist, an agnostic, uh, you might have uh, spoke to Jehovah Witnesses, Mormons, had questions about the Islamic faith, what's going on with all that, um, and uh, or just from reading your Bible. That's why we're here. Give us a call. Toll free. Doesn't cost you anything. one 888 talks one 528 2557. Uh, Craig, before we move on, um, you know, first of all, ladies and gentlemen, like I mentioned before, we are looking for call screeners. And uh, if you would be interested or wanting to know about it, uh, to help out with the radio broadcast coming down here during our sh uh, showtime, um, give us a, uh, well, email us. You can email us at, uh, you need to go to BibleInfoBrokers.com and um, just where it says questions or contact, or uh, you can you can uh, put your name and your phone number uh, on there so we can uh, get in contact with you. Or you can just go to questions at BibleInfoBrokers.com, questions at BibleInfoBrokers.com, and send us your information as well. Uh, so, Cray, before we get to the top of the hour, you know, we talked about, you know, we, we always talk about, um, you know, when, when, uh, 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 Carlos was talking about the end times. Could this be the end times? Could this, you know, the signs of the time? You know, what what can a person know uh, for sure that no matter when that time comes, uh, you know, they're 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 secured in their salvation. And and you know what, folks, it it, sh it shouldn't even be a matter of, you know, if the end times are near. The question is, when is the end time for you? It could be tomorrow. You know, it could be it could be tonight. You just never know. And so you want to make sure that you know that you know that you know that you have eternal security. Craig? Hey, Brian, you know, exactly. You read my mind. Uh, you know, we could talk about eschatology end times with the, really the word from eschatos in Greek meaning the end or ending. Uh, and ology is from Greek logoi, words about the study of. Uh, and, and that's a legitimate study and, and, and very fascinating, but you're right. But there is an end time for all of us personally, and that is should Lord Terry. Uh, there's still one per customer, and that's death. Don't mean to be morbid. And this is an appeal to a fear. This is an appeal to reality. Uh, you live long enough, you know, you're, you're going to pass. Um, death comes for all of us eventually, should the Lord Terry and not intervene. And this is just a reality. You, you know, so what is life all about? Why am I here? Where am I going? 
what is afterlife? And, and it's not just lights out, folks, party over, it's, and, and the end of life as we know it. No, it's, this is the warm-up. This is the warm-up for what some have said it really is life, the, the coming life, uh, one place or another. Uh, where are you going to be? Where are you going? And you might think, well, I'm, 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 I'm not too bad. I'm, I'm going to go with the big guy. I mean, he's going to wink, wink, nod, nod. Nobody's perfect. He's going to let me in. Um, you know, my friend, I hope that you're not banking on that. Uh, God's standard is perfection, 100 absolute perfection. So even if you started today and were able to do that for the rest of your life, and you're not able to, just like I'm not able to, um, you've already messed up. And God's standard is absolute 100 perfection. You know, I, I'm a professor. I teach. I grade. I grade on curves, pretty much. And you know what? Nobody gets 100. It's just how nobody's nobody gives me a perfect paper. Um, and that's how it is with your exam life, uh, the exam of your life. Uh, that's the bad news. Uh, you're one heartbeat away from a crisis eternity. You're one heartbeat from facing God as the ultimate consummate judge, the Supreme Court, not of America or the Hague or any other continent, but of the universe, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. My friend, you want to be right with God. You want to know that things are taken care of. You know, I've, I literally know people who have gone to the doctor and they have some terminal disease, and the doctor says, you know, you need to get your house in order. What they mean by that, of course, is a euphemism for you're going to die, get your matters in order, you better have a will or whatever in place because you're going to be passing fairly soon. And I'm asking that you would get your house in order, that is, you would be right with God not by something you're going to do, per se, but by appropriating what he's done for you. Jesus lived a perfect life. He paid the penalty in full, in toto, for your and my sins, for your and my imperfections. And you want to trust in him. You want to appropriate that. You want to avail yourself of what he's done for you, because that is the only way of salvation. The Bible is very clear. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name given among them whereby we must be saved. And Christ had the audacity to say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Now, he's either a raving lunatic, a madman, crazy, compulsive liar, or otherwise, or he knows what he's talking about, and he's telling you the truth. And my friend, I'm here to tell you, he's telling you the truth. He's not trying to get over on you. He's telling you what is the reality. You need to get right with God. You need to trust in Christ as your Lord and Savior. Appropriate him, which just means uh, appropriate his work his person and his work for you. Because, as we say, rightly so, eternity is too long to be wrong. You do not want to think that there is not a God or that he's just going to accept you because you weren't that bad. You know, Pascal, in a great book called The Pensee, which just means thoughts in French, uh, basically gave what's called his proposition, his wager, and he says the wise person bets that there is a God and that one has a good life here and now and gets eternity. Otherwise, you're rolling the dice here and you are... Uh, in for a so-so life at best, and you're in for one bad eternity. So again, this isn't this isn't a, this isn't a hype. I'm not trying to uh, appeal to fear. This is like going to the doctor and they said, "Look, you've got really high blood pressure. You're, you di- you have diabetes. You have a heart condition, hardening of the arteries, what have you. You need to." In this case, the news is you need a heart transplant, and you need to have surgery stat right now. You need a new heart, and God is the divine surgeon. He will give you that new heart. But you need to trust in Christ as your Lord and Savior and know right here, right now, he gives you eternal life. Amen. Eternal life. And you can know for sure you have eternal life. Thank you so much, Professor. Okay, what we're going to do, let's see, we have about 
ooh, about three minutes. Let's do this. Let's get the call started, and then um, we could uh, uh, get it going and then continue it on the other side of the break. Uh, so let's go to the Covina area. Let's talk to James. James, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hi, I'm, I'm good. How are you guys? Doing well. Your question for this evening, James. Hi, uh, thank you for taking my call again. I'm a fairly new listener. Um, I'm a student at Mount Sac, and I'm kind of a new Christian as well. Uh-huh. And um, I really enjoy your show, by the way. But um, there's a Christian group, uh, a Christian club at my school, and um, I just started the semester there, and I just wanted to see what was it, what it was about. And they had mentioned that um, something that I picked up that sounded kind of odd, that um, that you needed to be baptized to be saved. And I don't know what church they're affiliated with, but I had talked to my uncle about that, and he said that that's not true, but I just thought I would call you guys to maybe clarify that or expound on that subject. Well, your, your uncle was correct, because uh, you do not— need to be baptized to be saved um and i think they they, they i think they get that from acts 238 and um but they're not looking at the totality of scripture and uh there's plenty of passages or a few of them that are really clear uh because you know the bible says we're saved by grace of faith it is not of our works least any man should boast but um baptism is not a requirement um of salvation, there's passages uh, like Acts sixteen thirty one, and uh, you also have. Uh, let's look at the thief on the cross. Okay, Jesus says, "Today you'll be with me in paradise." Now, did he get baptized? No, not at all. But guess what? He was going to be with the Lord in heaven. And you know what? We're um, James. We're coming up to the top of the other break. Hang on, and we're going to finish this and uh, give you some more passages. Okay. Okay, thank All right. you. All right, hold on. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Bible Information Brokers. That's the top of our break. We will see you on the other side. Don't go away. James, Manuel, Ernesto, Dan, Jack will be back in just a few minutes. <laughs> 